reading to you an, inter an interview in the history of a song. Specifically, the song was the last song that we sang leading into the tithes and offering time. And I hope that this is really a refresher course to you, this, the history of this song and maybe even the, the entire lesson today. I hope you know everything that I'm going to say. And maybe that's bad for me as a pastor to think that I'm not bringing anything new to you. But really, you should know all of this. I hope it's just a refresher course and an encouragement to you and maybe convicting to you as you come into this worship service today and each and every single Sunday. But let me read to you the history or the background of the song the worship band ended with, The Heart of Worship. The song, Heart of Worship, dates back to the late 1990s. Despite the country's overall contribution to the current worship revival, which is still happening today, if you look at the songs which are being produced today, Matt Redman's congregation was struggling to find meaning in its musical outpouring of the time. Matt Redman states the following, There was a dynamic missing in worship. So the pastor did a pretty brave thing. He recalls, he decided to get rid of the sound system and band for a season, and we gathered together with just our voices. No instruments, no piano, no organ, no anything. The pastor's point was that we'd lost our way in worship, and the way to get back to the heart would be to strip everything away, to start over. Reminding his church family to be producers in worship and not just consumers, the pastor, Pastor Mike, said this. He asked his people one question. When you come through the doors on a Sunday morning, what are you bringing as your offering to God? Are you coming for yourself? Or are you coming to give something to God? Matt says the question initially led to some embarrassing silence. But eventually people broke into a cappella songs and heartfelt prayers and encountering God in a fresh way. Before long, we reintroduced the musicians and the sound system as we gained a new perspective that worship is all about Jesus. And he commands a response in the depths of our souls, no matter what the circumstances and setting. The heart of worship, this song, simply describes what occurred. And as he started out with these lyrics, the heart of worship... When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. Straight up what they were doing. Longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. That's just part of the song. That I'd like to read just a few more of the lyrics to you, because I think they really speak to me, and maybe to some of you, as they really help us to connect with what worship is truly about. It says, King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. But here's what really gets me is that in the ending. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. We could just about end right there. But we're going to dig deeper because we're in the third week of discovering discipleship, and truly, what does it mean to be a disciple? Connecting, growing, and serving God in all we do. I think it's very important to know how to properly worship God. What is worship? And that's what we're talking about today, is what is worship? And sometimes we do have to strip it all away. We have to go back to the basics, and we have to look to be reminded, what are we doing when we come in here every Sunday morning? 
But not just Sunday mornings. What are we doing with our life each and every single day? This song reminded us, sometimes we just need to apologize to God and say, God, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Because we make our life all about us. We make our worship all about us when it's supposed to be about him. So today, we're going back to discover discipleship. But we're going a step further. We've been talking about what is a disciple, who is a disciple, and how should a disciple live. Well, today we're starting going to that practical application step. How should a disciple live? Well, one step is we should be worshiping God. We're starting out today with this thought. God created us with a purpose to worship him. A desire to search for something better than ourselves. I believe that this is embedded within our very souls, within our very purpose of living, is to worship him, to glorify him. And I think people seek all over the world for this, as they often claim that they're searching for the meaning of life. People go on great adventures all over the world seeking the meaning of life. And for a man like me who have been, who's been on many hiking trips and backpacking trips, and I've watched some movies about backpacking trips, the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail. Around here you have the Ice Age Trail. People often go on these long trips to say, I'm just going on this trip to reevaluate my life, to seek what the meaning of life really is. The meaning they search for, the fulfillment they're searching for is to praise God, to worship Him, but they don't realize this. They don't realize why they feel so empty inside because they're searching for the meaning in this world instead of searching for the meaning in God. To live a life for God, worshiping Him and Him alone, that's what we're talking to, about today is worship. And all creation shall worship our God. As I said, we're going to have a lot of scripture references and I'll try and give you some of these references, but I'm going to be reading them all to you. And you can ask for notes later if you like. But I'm going to start with these verses. If you're taking notes, you can write down Psalm 66, verse 4. Revelation 5, 13. And Psalm 19, 1. So Psalm 66, 4, we read this. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. Revelations 5.13 says this, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessings and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Psalm 19.1 The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Let me add a couple. Psalm 66, 1 to 3. Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are you in your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. That's us. We're enemies to God because of our sin, but we submit ourselves to him. And we worship him because of Jesus Christ who died upon the cross and took our sins away. And now God looks down upon us and he doesn't see enemies. He sees Jesus. Psalm 81.1. Sing aloud to God our strengths. Make a joyful shout to the God of Jacob. 
I got ahead of myself a little bit first, though, because I just wanted to talk about all of creation and how they praise God, and even the heavens proclaim the glory of God, declare the glory of God. All of the creatures declare to the glory of God. Everything that is, everything that has been, everything that will be praises the name of God or should be praising the name of God. If not, we're told in Scripture that even the rocks will cry out, the skies will cry out, the heavens will cry out to Him. In Luke 19, 37 through 40, read this. When he came near to the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they have seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The stones will cry out. All of creation worships God, whether we worship him, whether we praise him, whether we lift our voices or not, whether we declare of all he's done or not, the very rocks will cry out. The heavens will declare. The creatures in the heavens and earth, under the earth and in the sea, all that is in them will be saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessings and honor and glory might forever and ever. From the beginning of creation to the end of times, all people, all things will worship him. So with so much worship going around us, all around us, how might we be worshiping God? How might we discover to be better disciples, worshiping God, encountering God, encountering God and pleasing God. There's many ways to worship God. We may worship God with our life, our whole life, on our own every day or corporately together today on Sunday mornings as we lift our voices high. Or maybe in prayer, we worship God in prayer, again, to, on our own or corporately together as we join together in prayer during prayer meetings or devotional times around a family dinner table or maybe at a Bible study during the week. We may worship God with songs. We may worship God with our deeds, our works. We may worship God with prayer and praises or with our minds as we worship him in our studies, in our meditations. I mean, there's many ways to worship God, but today we're just focusing on the general idea of worship. I can't cover everything, but hopefully I can get a thought in your head to just start thinking about everything you do you're truly worshiping God, so how is it that you're doing it? Are you bringing an offering to God in all that you do? The word worship literally means reverence paid to a divine being. If you look up the word worship in a dictionary, what I found was the word worship literally means reverence paid to a divine being. And I believe that Jesus is apostles, the 12 ordinary men that we've been discussing in previous weeks... They showed worship to Jesus. There's many experiences we can look to in the New Testament to how his disciples worshipped him. How they fell down at his feet and worshipped him. As they cried out to him and worshipped him for who he was and for what he was doing. But it's not just that. Jesus was worshipped in many ways and at many different points in his ministry by many different people. By thousands of people as they followed him. Now, many of these people weren't true worshipers, though. They were only worshiping him for miracles that they were seeing 
and not truly because of who he was. Jesus was and still is worshipped today, though. From his birth, he was worshipped. And we see in Matthew 2.1 that as soon as the Magi, Magi laid eyes on the infant Christ, he was worshipped. Matthew 2.1 says that they bowed down and worshipped him. When he was a little baby, people were worshipping him because even as an infant, they understood who this man was and who he was going to grow up to become, what he was going to do. And they understood all of this because the truth that we have from Scripture, from the Old Testament, the hundreds of prophecies that he would fulfill. Later on, he made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And we're told in Matthew 21, 9 and John 12, 13, that they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. So here we already see that God is worshipped in different ways. Jesus is worshipped in different ways. At different times, people would bow down to him and worship him. People would cry out to him and worship him. People would pray to him and worship him. They would declare of his creation and his deeds and his doings and worship him. After Jesus' resurrection, he was still yet again worshipped too, as people bowed down as they saw him returning. And we continue to offer our worship to him today. You know, you know, the word Hosanna is a plea for salvation, an expression of adoration in itself. As they cried out to God, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, they cried out and worshipped him for the salvation that they knew that God would be providing for them. But how? How do we worship God? Surely it's not just in song. By lifting our voices, by strumming a key, keys on a piano, I'm sorry, strumming the strings on a guitar and playing the keys on the piano, that is a great way to worship God, it is. But it's not just about the motions, going through the motions. It's about what we're truly doing as we're doing it. What is our heart saying? What is our mind doing? Our very souls should be crying out to God. Are you paying reverence to God? A divine being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To me, that has meaning. As we think about the meaning of worship, is to pay reverence to a divine being. Are you paying reverence as you worship him with your life? With all you have from deep within. How do we worship God today? I think this is it. You can, if you're taking notes, if you're not waiting to email me for notes later, you can write this down. We continue to offer worship to Jesus today by offering ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. Let me say that a little bit slower for anyone that might be taking notes out there. We continue to offer worship to Jesus today by offering ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. That can, that can be applied to many different things. Whether we're singing whether we're playing an instrument, whether we're working at a job, a nine-to-five job, or a six-to-midnight job like some of your farmers. <laughs> you guys work way too hard for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> we continue to offer worship today by offering ourselves to him as a living sacrifice and add into that in all we do. What are we bringing to him? What are we offering to him? What are we giving to him? 
Romans 12, 1-2 speaks of offering ourselves to God through faith in Jesus Christ to do with as He sees fit. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice for Him. John 4.24, Jesus says that God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. We worship God in spirit and truth by obedience of his commands. Worship is not solely about bowing to Jesus, though, throwing palm branches at his feet or singing shouting about our love for him. Worship is about knowing him, communing with him, serving him, trusting in him. Worship is about giving him everything we have. Our hearts, our souls, our minds, our hands, our feet, our voices. Everything we have, everything we do should be a sacrifice as we offer it up to him. We worship God and we encounter God. We worship God and we encounter God. We encounter God when we come to worship him. That's powerful to me. We worship God and we encounter him. As we bring all that we have to him, we're encountering him. We're having experience with God. We're paying reverence to him, and we're, we should be humbled as we think about the blessing that we have to be able to be in his presence. But not just in song, meaningless song. We worship God with our hearts, our souls, our minds, our voices, our hands and feet. All we have, we give to him. There's a few other songs I'd like to reference today, and we're going to reference some more scripture as well. I feel they help us to just emotionally and spiritually connect to the heart of worship, to the fact that it's all about Jesus. It's all about God and what he's done since the beginning of creation and to the end of times and beyond. We're going to start by looking to Psalm chapter 42. So you can write that down. You can turn to it if you like. I'd like to read Psalm 42 to you. And I'm going to start with, again, the history behind this one. And you know one part of the history. You see, Psalm 42 is not just a psalm. It's another song which came about from a psalm. Another song which came about from Scripture, from the Bible. And the history behind this song tells us, As the Deer is a well-known praise and worship hymn song by Martin Nystrom, a native of Seattle, Washington, written in 1984. And this song is based on Psalm 42, verse 1. Let's, let's read that just a little bit here. Psalm 42, verse 1 says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul serves for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, the temple. With glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in torment oil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Herman, from the Mount of Miser, deep calls to deep, at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. 
As was the deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And we could continue on to Psalm 43 as these two are often partnered together. But here's what I want to focus on with that psalm. It's the very beginning. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul for you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. As we read about the history of this song, this one person that wrote about the history called it a praise and worship hymn song. And that might not be how we often talk about praise songs, worship songs, hymns. We don't often partner all those together, a praise and worship hymn song. And this song is one of the first songs I learned on guitar as it's quite simple. It's fairly slow, which helps me because I'm fairly slow, especially with learning the guitar. But it's speaking of a praise and worship hymn song, and I, I think that's a good reminder to us because we often have an issue with confusing the meaning of the word hymn or the meaning of the word praise song or worship song. We want to separate them as two different things when really they're all worship songs, they're all praise songs, they are all hymns. What we're arguing is our preferences. Some of us love hymns. Some of us love contemporary, modern worship songs. But the definition of a hymn is a, a worship song directed to God. They're all hymns. We have our preferences, and that's okay. But what matters is that true worship should not be about us. True worship should be about God. So whether it's a classic hymn, an older praise worship song, or a more modern praise and worship song, as long as the hymn is focused upon God and focused upon spirit and truth is what matters. Worship pleases God. That's going to be our next point. Worship God, encounter God, please God. But before we move on, let's talk about that psalm just a little bit more. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so, so pants my soul for you, O God. This was wrote by a man who was separated from his kingdom, separated from the temple of God, and he, he couldn't wait to come back into that presence of God in his temple. And as, he's, as he writes this down for us, we get this great lesson about what worship should be. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O Lord. The deer goes to the water because it, need, it knows that it needs water. It's something natural that it just knows it needs, so it goes to it. But as it goes to water, it's not stagnant water, it's flowing water. And that's what we get when we go to Jesus. When we go to God and we worship him, we're going to him naturally and we're pouring out our heart to him as something that we know that we naturally need. We can't live without. We need the flowing waters of God in our life. Because these flowing waters, this flowing stream is what replenishes us, which helps us to carry on. But it's not just about us, it's about Him. And as we worship Him, we're giving Him what He needs, what He deserves. And I, I rephrase that, He doesn't need it from us, but He wants it from us. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. That's how our worship should be. We should be going to God and worshiping Him with our very souls, just as the deer goes to that flowing water. 
But did you know that there's a worship, a true worship, which pleases God? So as we worship God, we encounter God, but we should be pleasing God. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, it says, Let us be grateful and worship God in a way that will please Him. What pleases God? We earlier read a verse which said to worship God in spirit and truth. And I think that's where we continue here. That's our really number one, as I called it, is God is pleased when our worship is focused on Him. God is pleased when our worship is focused on Him. When our Worship is thoughtful and meaningful. It's not something we're just doing on a Sunday morning out of tradition, out of habit, out of routine. But it's something that's really focused, meaningful, thoughtful about Him. Our heart, mind, soul, voices, hands and feet, everything we have are being given to Him. God is pleased when our worship is focused on Him. 1 Samuel 16-7 to says, Man looks at the outward appearance... But the Lord looks at your heart. And I really think that as we're worshiping God, God is looking at our heart. God's looking at us and he's saying, I want so much more from you. He's thinking, you're doing this out of routine or out of tradition. You can't wait to get home for lunch. You can't wait to get home for a football game. You can't wait to get home to get on your travels. I can't wait to get home to leave and go see family and friends. But God's looking down upon us and saying, are you doing this for me? Or are you doing it just to check it off your list? Number two, God is pleased in our worship when we're doing it in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. In Psalm 42, as we come to God from our very souls aching and thirsting for Him. When we worship Him for the truth, we find from His word as to who He is, what He's done, and what He is still doing today and in the future... We are worshiping him with true worship. We must be careful to truly worship him for who he is. Not what somebody told you. Not what the world is telling you and how they portray God. Or as they portray a character of mother nature. Or a spirit or a good being or a prophet. But we need to look to God's scripture and really praise him in spirit and truth for a right picture of who he is. What he's done and what he's continuing to do. We read his scripture, we study his scripture, we meditate on his scripture, and we continue to praise him, to worship him as, he, as we're doing that, as the Spirit leads in truth. True worship is also not just for Sundays and special services. It's made to go beyond our daily devotions as well. True worship is to be part of your daily life in all the various situations that, you occur, that occur, whether good or bad. Certainly, it's much easier to worship God in the good times. But we also must worship God in the bad times. We have a great reminder from Job. Job said that what he feared had come upon him, yet his response was to tear his robe, shave his beard in grief, and then fall down on the very ground and worship him. Job 1, 20-21 tells us this, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Maybe you need to hear that today. It is easy to worship God and praise Him when everything's going great. But to remember to worship Him when maybe things aren't even bad, but you're just trying to figure things out. You're trying to figure out life and trying to figure out what the meaning of it all is. Why am I going through this? Why am I going to that? Or maybe you truly do feel like tragedies hit and I don't know how to take another step. 
I don't know what to do in my life. We worship God just as Job did. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Fall down at the ground and worship him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Look to him to guide your life. Number three is God is pleased in our worship when we continue to praise him in good times and bad. Despite what we're dealing with, we give reverence to him. I like that word. We give reverence to God. Sometimes it's good to use these bigger words or older words and maybe a little bit confusing. But when you look up the meaning and you truly realize what it means to give reverence to him, to pay respect to him, to a divine being, to lift him up, you remember it a lot more, don't you? It sticks with you. We give reverence to Jesus, our Savior, to the Spirit, our Helper, to the Father, our Creator. And we're going to close, start to close with some more references to a few more songs and some more scripture as well. We've already had a few songs from the 1990s, from the 1980s, but different people connect with different songs. And I get that. And that's okay to understand that some people have different preferences, as long as you remember that God, God can love it all. God may be pleased with all of it if it's focused on Him, and you're doing it thoughtfully. There's many other songs we could look to. For instance, I wrote down Phil Wickham, Wickham's At Your Name. As I was preparing for this sermon this week, I had the radio on in my office. I heard this song came, come on the radio. At Your Name. The mountains shake and crumble. At your name, the oceans roar and tumble. At your name, angels will bow. The earth will rejoice. Your people cry out. There's many great worship songs. I'm obviously not going to sing them all or restate them all up here. But it's about looking to the words, looking to the meaning, and seeing the spirit and truth within them, the power within them. We can worship God not because it's a song, but because the words have meaning from Scripture. The mountains shake and crumble. At your name, the oceans roar and tumble. At your name, angels will bow. The earth will rejoice. Your people will cry out. And another song I wrote down is How Great Thou Art. Another classic song from 1885. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, My Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul. I once had a youth pastor who I was helping volunteer underneath of. I'll never forget this experience he did with me. And I've talked to some youth leaders and teens as we did it at a camping trip. Um, we were at a camping trip next to a lake, quiet lake. <laughs> You couldn't hear the road and the traffic. And he just asked all of us to close our eyes, put our arms around each other, look up to the heavens with our eyes closed, and just listen. Listen to everything around you that God created. And as we listened, we heard the, the crickets chirping. We heard the noise of the water, the waves, the rush, rushing of the water. We heard... God's creation. And that's what this song reminds me of. When I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displays. Then sings my soul. My Savior God to thee, we can worship him in all things. But I want us to look to another song in more detail. This song was from the year 1779 by John Newton. 
which maybe some of your ears are already perked up. It's Amazing Grace. It's another classic song with such great meaning as we read this. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Tis grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe this far, and grace will lead me home. It goes on, but wow, what a song. All of these songs, what great songs, what great hymns, what great classic songs and modern worship songs. But it's not about the guitar playing, it's not about the piano the keys on the piano are being played it's not about the voices being lifted up that's part of it but it's all about how it all comes together it's about the truth behind the words that are being spoken it's about the spirit that you're doing it with it's about the meaning that we can find behind the words and in songs like this amazing grace we find great meaning great truth Amazing great how, grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It's a song which helps us to all remember just another reason, many reasons why we worship him. It pays reverence to God as we remember the amazing grace that he's given us. Jesus came and died a horrible, beautiful death upon a cross to save a wretched sinner like me. Maybe that sounds weird to you, a horrible, beautiful death. It was horrible. But it's beautiful because it's what we needed to have grace, to have mercy, to have salvation. You see, as we start to wrap up for good, I truly believe that part of discovering worship, discovering discipleship, is discovering worship. The last song I want to reference is a song which speaks for itself in popularity. A song which goes the total other direction now and puts it back to the now, the more modern. It's a song which has topped the charts for years now and has helped us all to truly worship him as we picture what it will be like to see God, what it will be like to, to be in his presence. A song which has recently even had a movie come out to help us all to know the background behind why the, why the author, the musician, Bart Millard, came out with this song, I Can Only Imagine. But instead of reading the lyrics to you for this song as we close, we're going to use this song as our closing song. So if Nick and Ron could go ahead and click play on that and turn the volume up, I want you to just focus on the words. Then I'll come up to close us in some final thoughts and prayer. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me I can only imagine Yeah. 
through a lot of songs today, both getting into worshiping and into this service, and throughout the sermon, amazing grace, as the deer pants for flowing water, so my soul longeth after you, the heart of worship, I can only imagine at your name, that how great thou art, Psalm 81.1, sing aloud to God our strength, make a joyful shout to God like to convict you or just have you think about this. We like to think, make a joyful shout to God as being a musical thing. But it's not just musical. It's how we live our life. May our life make a joyful shout to God. 
Let's come back to the heart of worship and let's think, what do we bring into worship for him? Worship God, encounter God, please God. God is pleased by our worship when, we are, when our worship is focused upon him. When it's done in spirit and truth. When it's not just done on Sundays, but when it's done with our whole life each and every single day. And when we continue to praise him, no matter what circumstances we're in. Make a shout to God today and every day with your life, with every bit of it. Worship him. Let us pray. Please bow your heads. Lord, we thank you for this day. and We worship you today in spirit and truth. Lord, we think about songs. We think about words. We think about your word, scripture, Lord. And we think about all that you've done since the beginning of creation and to the end of times. And Lord, with Jesus Christ dying upon that cross for us to save us, to to give us salvation, to give us this possibility of even going to the end times and going beyond, have hope of a future. Like that song I can only imagine is singing about. We only have that hope to be able to imagine, that possibility of being able to imagine being by your side, being in your presence because of Jesus. Because of you desiring a relationship with us since the beginning of creation. Lord, we worship you today, and may we worship you. May we shout out to you with our life each and every single day this week. And in your holy and powerful name we pray in all God's people said.